Welcome to a Monday edition of the Baseball Insiders. I'm Adam Weinerib alongside Robert Murray, fanside. It's MLB Insider. As always, we're three plus days into the baseball season and it's time to overreact. We know what we're talking about now. We know how the divisions are going to shake out. Our predictions pretty much 100% right. And we're going to revisit everything after a couple of days of action. Robert, how you doing, man? I am wonderful. Uh, I'm not feeling as good about my Phillies prediction to win their division as I did going into opening day. But you know what? We're only three games into the season. We can't overreact. I'm wonderful. How are you, Adam? I'm doing good. And uh, yeah, I think the one biggest thing is we were like, not only were we confident in our predictions, but we we were like, these are set in stone. Like, I don't even know what other team could possibly challenge a couple of these like no one's coming out of the woodwork to even make this annoying and a couple days into the baseball season i think we already have a couple of teams that we're looking at where we're like all right if if they're gonna look like that then maybe we have to reevaluate no absolutely and i i mean the phillies obviously were like one of those well i mean i don't know i guess you can kind of put them in that category since they started 0-3 uh, Colorado, no, I'm just not kidding. I'm kidding about the Rockies, but there was like, there was legitimately some teams that caught me off guard. Uh, the Diamondbacks were competitive. Angels looked good. Granted it was against the A's, uh, a big asterisk there, but, um, I'm curious, Adam, like what were, what were some of your teams that like stood out to you? Well, this is the time for takes and the rest of the regular season will be as well. If you uh, are interested in what Robert and I have to say, there's no better time than the present to get on the train, join the feed, like, and subscribe to the Baseball Insiders on YouTube. We are here Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern. The audio feed will be up after the video feed goes up, but you don't want to be one of those audio feed people. You want to be on the video feed um, or both. Like, who am I to judge? If you like the there audio feed, then, then I recommend it. But also, you might want to be here for the video feed, too. Um, yeah, and we, we really appreciate it. Oh, that, that we do. And I mean, who wouldn't want to see Adam's wonderful face? Um, I mean, it's just what a guy right there. I mean, yeah. I mean, any way that you guys listen to us, watch us, hear us, um, it's more than appreciated. Just I hope you guys all know that. Yeah, you got my face. You got Robert's mug. Uh, a couple early shout outs um, in this episode before we, we even get going and into the uh, teams that made us do double take, go like, huh? A double take like. What? Before we even get into that, I want to shout out uh, Red Sox Stats, our boy on Twitter. Uh, one of the best Twitter accounts there is. I made it no secret that I do not like the Boston Red Sox, uh, but I, I interacted with one of his tweets over the weekend, and he, in the comments, said, love your YouTube show. And I thought that was super nice, and, and Robert chimed in with a comment, Red Sox Stats W. That guy's incredible, and, and you and I were talking about, we would love to have him on the show. We have no idea who he is, and no one knows who he is, so I guess... I guess we won't, but we'd love to. No, I, we definitely want to. I mean, nobody knows what he looks like. We could walk by him in the streets, and we would just have no idea, uh, like, who he is. Um, so if, if he wants to come on the podcast and, like, reveal his identity, Red Sox stats, the uh, the invite is, is right there. So just let us know, and we can make it happen. Or that could be an opportunity for the audio feed to shine. Like, oh, I don't want to come on the video, like – you know, I'm the Phantom of the Opera. Okay, fine. If you don't want to come on the video, we could do an audio-only version with you, Red Sox Stats. The door is open. Uh, your, your Twitter account. I echo what I said. Uh, not a fan of the team. The Twitter account, 
is incredible. Um, and based on what we saw this weekend, your team can mash the baseball. Their first interesting series of the season, potentially, will be against the freaking Tampa Bay Rays, who looked outright unstoppable over the weekend, probably threw the biggest wrench into our preseason predictions. I know it was against the Tigers. I know. I know. But the Tigers are a major league team. These pitching performances were disgusting. And Robert, I know that you want to gush a little bit about this Rays team too, because they caught both of our eyes pretty plainly. Oh, they absolutely did. If you look at, I mean, the, you immediately have to start with Jeffrey Springs. He could not have had a better debut. And there is a reason why people throughout the league have been gushing about him. There's a reason why the Rays extended him is they think he can be a really, really, really good starting pitcher. And we got to see that in his first outing this spring or this, this season, I should say. And then you look at the rest of their rotation. They have Shane McClanahan, Zach Eflin. Um, you have Springs, you have Drew Rasmussen, Tyler Glasnow. I don't know. I mean, it's just like, that's a really good looking rotation. And obviously the Rays, they don't necessarily have the biggest payroll, but they always seem to exceed expectations. And lo and behold, the rotation is going to end up being what keeps that engine churning. And maybe it makes them a surprise contender in the AL East. I don't know if surprise is the right word because they're always like relatively in it. Um, but maybe they do end up giving the Yankees a run for their money just because of that rotation and, and some of the pieces they have on offense as well. Yeah, they have the best small sample size theater line of anybody, I would say, so far in Wander Franco who is seven for 11 with a homer four RBIs. That's 636 and an 1874 OPS. So can he maintain that for a full season? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if he does, then we're talking about like the best season in major league history. So, and there's a reason why he was the number one prospect and the, the Rays extended him. I mean, although I don't think he's going to maintain that pace, but you, you never know. There may be the Rays. Never, yeah. You, you never yeah. know. You absolutely never know. The Rays do have special juice, and and maybe that's how his season ends. Um, the on the other side of the coin, your Phillies pick, as you mentioned, um, not off to the hottest start. That's an zero and three team so far. But because of the powerhouse Texas Rangers offense, are we reevaluating the Rangers at all after just a couple of days? Obviously, you have outliers, but. Uh, one game won by a Razor's margin yesterday on Sunday Night Baseball and two games won in absolute blowout fashion. Yeah, I I don't know necessarily what to make of the Rangers quite yet. I don't think anyone really can at this point just because, like, we're three games into the season. But the early signs are really encouraging. Is that first game against Philadelphia? They were down, what, 5 nothing, And then they scored nine runs in, like, the third or fourth inning, and they just didn't look back is their pitching did not perform up to expectation. Like DeGrom and Nathan Yobaldi are going to be meaningfully better than that. Um, and then their offense, like, is – they got a lot of talent there. If their pitching is better and their offense can stay – I mean, not necessarily at that level because that, that's just not sustainable. But if they can be one of the better offenses in baseball, then then we're talking about a team that could be a real surprise here. And Bruce Bochy so far – Looks like he's got that team heading in the right direction. It's it's amazing what a manager of his caliber um, can do for that roster. Um, he added new life to it, and I think 
throughout the regular season, it's going to be pretty evident just how important of a hire he was to replace Chris Woodward. On the flip side for the Phillies, those were some brand names that the Rangers went after. I mean, they got Aaron Nola on opening day. They got Zach Wheeler. Uh, but you lose uh, a guy like Ranger Suarez, who's still on the mend, and all of a sudden you've got Bailey Falter in the third game of the season and Taiwan Walker needing to prove himself tonight at Yankee Stadium. Uh, do you feel like that rotation is any shakier now than you maybe thought it was entering the season? I think there's definitely a little cause for concern there, but that being said, I don't know how long necessarily that's going to end up lasting. Is I'm, I'm optimistic about the Phillies overall. I'm not trying to overact to this three-game series. I think their offense will be fine. I think their pitching will end up um, balancing itself out. But that being said, that start that they had, I mean, losing um, – with Nola and then Zach Wheeler. I mean, it just, I don't necessarily know what to make of it, but I'm in the long haul. I'm optimistic about the direction that they're heading in. Uh, I still think they're the team to beat in that division, but the, the first three games here were definitely not up to standard for sure. In terms of the other teams that looked a little bit worse than I thought, I'm not ready to make any like grand value judgments. And like you, I think the Phillies probably are going to bounce back significantly. Um, definitely did not want to play them at 0-3 if I'm the Yankees. But uh, the Mariners had a tough series. The, the Guardians outworked them, maybe punched them in the mouth a little bit. Um, but the Guardians are good. I, I don't think there's any shame in dropping three out of four to Cleveland, even at home. And those two teams will be right back at it next week. By the end of this week, they'll be playing again in Cleveland. So shout out to the MLB schedule makers who really packed that battle in there. Um, I'm not going to count the Mariners out yet. That said, they did lose control of that first series, and the Robbie Ray injury looms pretty large. No, it absolutely does. And have we gotten an injury update on that quite yet? Or do we know necessarily how long he's going to end up being out? I don't think we do, but this morning I heard uh, on MLB Network they were sort of asking John Morosi if this was, you know, just early season caution or something. And he was like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's something. And he was sort of estimating month, month and a half. Um, so I, I think we are still waiting, but I also think the consensus is that it's it's not going to be a non-zero amount of time missed. No, absolutely. And, like, obviously it's suboptimal. It's not ideal because they ended up signing him last offseason to a pretty lucrative contract as he was coming off of that Cy Young award with the, with the Blue Jays. They expected him to be a frontline starter for them. Uh, last year obviously did not go as they had hoped. Um, they had envisioned a bounce back year for him this year. And um, obviously if he's going to end up missing what Morosi is thinking uh, in terms of the timeline, that's really not good. That kind of puts that rotation in a little bit of a different spot, but they have, um, they have pieces throughout that organization um, to overcome it. And I think this is really where you're, you're going to see the importance of a guy like Luis, Luis Castillo, who they acquired last trade deadline, then extended. Um, he looked really good in his first start. And he is somebody who I think isn't really getting talked about enough for the AL Cy Young Award. So like while the Ray injury hurts, I think they'll be, I think they'll be okay. Speaking of Cy Young winners, going to run around in a circle do a little gloat for logan webb my pick who uh gave up a couple runs to the new york yankees on opening day but struck out 12 in six innings it's maybe the best i've ever seen his stuff look 
very crisp. And, and you gave me a little hat tip when I dropped the Logan Webb Cy Young on you. I still feel good about that. Uh, one game in. One, one game in. We don't know. But I, I, I feel not bad. No, and, and you should feel good about it. I, I will tell you this. I thought this was one of the weirder ones of the first few games is he had a quality start. He had six innings, three runs allowed. And I thought that was like the, the right time for Gabe Kapler to take him out of the game. And then lo and behold, they brought him out for, or brought him back out for the seventh inning. And he ended up allowing, what was it, like a, a seven-pitch walk, turned into a run. And, I mean, I just – I don't know. I, 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 I like Gabe Kapler. I just thought that was a real kind of head-scratching decision. Um, but what we saw for the first six innings from Logan Webb, there's a reason why the Giants are so high on him. There's a reason why they tried to extend him early in the offseason, but those talks basically went nowhere. Um, they think he's a stud. He is a stud. He's a sneaky candidate for Cy Young Award. I think that was a really smart prediction or call by you. I think that, I mean, you, you're, you're a man of many good calls, but that was probably the best one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole's getting a lot of love for his opening day start, and rightfully so. He set a Yankees opening day record for strikeouts. But Logan Webb beat him by one, so I don't think we can let that go by. Um, also, just to close out the uh, opening weekend superstars, the St. Louis Cardinals lead all of baseball in Team WRC Plus with a 202. They won uh, the last two games of that set against the Jays. They rocked Chris Bassett for nine earned runs and three and a third innings on 10 hits yesterday. Bassett did not strike out a batter potential early victim of the pitch clock or just the St. Louis Cardinals are disgusting. Either way, you leave that weekend knowing the Cardinals can bash. Yeah, they absolutely can bash. And like, I mean, obviously you, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, you know, Nolan Arenado, you know, a lot of those guys in the lineup. I think the guy who may be primed for a bigger year than most expected, Nolan Gorman, he's kind of been the forgotten guy for them because of Jordan Walker's presence and the fact that he's making his major league debut on opening day. But Gorman was one of their top prospects for a reason. He's a stud, really freaking good. Um, he can play, I think, where is he playing? Second base, is he? Is that right? All, all over the map. I, I think so. Yeah, primarily. Yeah. And I mean, I think he could be a guy who's really primed for a big year, especially at the plate. Um, that is somebody who, I think we're going to be hearing a lot about as the season goes on here. Let's roll through to our biggest individual winners of the weekend. I, I wanted to put Logan Webb in here, but I'm glad we gave him a little love early. Can't put an opening day loser in individual winners, but I tried. Uh, my uh, most prominent names. Um, I, I, I want to focus on the good, not the bad. I, I mean, Trace Thompson basically lost an outfield spot this off season for the Dodgers. Everyone was saying, Oh, dump, you know, dump him if you're going to carry Jason Hayward or how can you not carry James Outman? Well, the Dodgers found a way to put them all on the opening day roster. And Trace Thompson had a three homer game with eight RBI on Saturday. The first time that's been done since Jason Worth in 2008. I'm going to give Xander Bogart some love who hit Rockets in his first three games with the Padres and went yard somewhere in between Jack Flaherty, friend of the show, Five innings, no hits, four Ks in his first start back after battling injury issues. But, oh, yeah, seven walks. So I don't really know what to do with that, but shout out to Jack for uh, not allowing a base hit. 
No, and I'll tell you, he even got praise uh, from Ali Marmol after the game and thought that was a big step in the right direction because he didn't have, have command early, but yet he was still able to harness it. And he pitched some very productive innings for them. So hopefully from their perspective, he can take that start and the good from it and move it to the next start. But um, I, I will say if Flaherty can bounce back for them, we're talking that's a huge boost for them because – I think it's pretty safe to say that we didn't necessarily know what Flaherty was going to be coming into the year. Early signs so far, rather encouraging. So um, should I, should I do my early standouts then, Mr. Adam? Yeah. Who, who are your guys? Okay. I'm going to pander to obviously a burner real quick and mention the Tampa Bay Rays again, Jeffrey Springs mentioned him before. Uh, what an absolute great start for him uh, and for that Rays rotation as a whole. Uh, but going on a different note here, and this is not necessarily going out on a limb because when I made these predictions or when, when I made or when I wrote these down, um, we did not have the player of the week awards. And it turns out my two two of my picks were players of the week. So I really went out on a limb here. Not um, <laughs> uh, Adam Duvall with the Boston Red Sox kind of felt like a, an afterthought contract on a one year deal this this offseason. And yet he started off hitting 571 with three doubles, a triple, two homers, and eight RBI. Not too bad, uh, if I do say so myself. Um, and then CJ Crone with the Colorado Rockies. He was somebody they signed a couple years ago. I think it was to a minor league contract, and it seemed like a really good fit for them. Um, he was obviously – he can, can mash it with the best of them. And he ended up becoming their first baseman. They signed him to a new contract. And then lo and behold, he's basically picking up where he left off. And he started the season hitting 467 with two doubles, three homers, seven RBI in four games. Also, last time I checked, pretty good. Um, so those three really stand out for me. Um, I'm sure we're going to have many more uh, players outstanding out throughout the entire season. But from like the early perspective, at least, or the early part of the season, it's kind of nice – that we have not had or like that we're mentioning like lesser names to start off with at least. Yeah. And Adam Duvall can thank my friend, Ryan McKenna, the biggest loser of the weekend for his uh, player of the week award, because if Masataka Yoshida's pop fly to left field on Saturday is caught, then the Red Sox lose eight to seven. The game ends. They are zero and two. Instead, the ball conks off the bottom of his glove to the point where I actually thought, like, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody drop a ball that late. Like, it was so in his glove that I was like, oh, it plays. Like, it looked like a guy trying to transfer the ball on a double play at second base. Somehow the ball still hits the ground. Next batter, Duvall goes yardy. It's one of the best individual games you'll ever see. So it's not, I mean, without that home run, Duvall had hit another home run already in the game. And, uh, I, I mean, a triple in either the first one, and he just absolutely raked. But... Yep, he adds that second homer, the walk-off, thanks to uh, the Orioles' malfeasance, and gets himself a player of the week for it. No, and I'll tell you, that entire sequence is wild. I I mean, when, like, before Duvall's at bat, what was it, uh, Yoshida who hit it? Was that, that's yeah, right? Yeah, Yoshida hit a little looper. Yeah, and, like, that seemed like a can of corn. That seemed like one that should be made 100 out of 100 times and yet dropped it, and then Duvall turns out to be the home, or the, the hero there hitting the home run, and... Um, crazy how things like that can play out and you always wonder i mean obviously what was that game one two. Two, it was game two 
does that have an effect after game 162? Who knows? Um, but like that, the Orioles are a team that I think has a, have a shot to be like a wild card team if all goes right. Still, I'm very disappointed in them not doing hardly anything. Um, but that being said, like they, um, the Red Sox and Duvall obviously prospered from that. Yeah, I mean, Adley looks like an absolute stud. The Orioles-Red Sox series, the the first two games of the series, the Red Sox were down to their final out. The Orioles made an error to extend the game. Uh, the Duvall homer occurred after a pop fly that was dropped. And on opening day, they got a double play ball to wrap up the game. Mateo stepped on second, threw wildly to first. The Red Sox cashed in on one of the two, but it's the first time... That has happened. 27th out game extending errors back to back games since 1957. So that was not normal. That's what I'm trying to think. Of. That's 55, 56 years? Yeah, 56 season. Uh, 60? Wait. 70? I don't know. My brain is so bad. What happened to my you- brain? I'll tell you what, Adam. I sh- that was my big mistake right there, trying to make us do math on the show. Like, what was I thinking? I I, I take full blame for that. I'm trying to sixty six. It's sixty six. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Boy, I really hope my my old math teachers um, are not watching the podcast right now because that would be a real tough look. My old math teachers just texted me. They are watching the podcast. Uh, shout out to my old math teachers, Bobo Dang it, and obviously a burner. Uh, you guys taught me everything I know. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I felt bad about that. But yeah, ne- that never happens. Uh, and the Red Sox uh, get the door open for them twice and capitalize once. And, and you have to feel like that's probably the right outcome in the universe. Like you get that chance twice, going 0 for 2 feels bad, going 1 for 2, you're like, all right, that's probably correct. Yeah, we even did it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, it's, I, uh, I was like, this is totally random here, Adam, but like, I, I, I w- wanted to take a moment here during the show to also mention how good it is to have baseball back. Um, I this this weekend I spent a, a decent amount of time by the pool. But that being said, I had MLB TV brought up on my phone. I have we have two TVs um, set up in my living rooms, and I had dueling MLB TV action. Um, so like I was watching baseball twenty four seven. Basically, I got my first game coming up. Just feels like my life is whole again. So it, it's good to be back, Adam. That's 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 something I really wanted to say. Just very oh, excited to have a baseball back. I completely uh, agree. I, I also want to apologize to Kurt Menching, um, who I've mentioned on the show quite a bit as somebody who I love dearly. Um, I've told you, Kurt, you can come out here and come visit. I got plenty of room for you. Uh, I got an air mattress. Just let me know, and you're more than welcome to come out. Only I only charge five hundred dollars a night, so. Uh, and that's a f- family and friends discount too. So I love you very much, my guy. Yes. Uh, sorry, Kurt. That's nobody should have to deal with what you're dealing with we, uh, on opening day. I mean, it it was uh, it wasn't beautiful out here. It was definitely wind whipping cold. But Yankees opening day was was early in the afternoon. I went out. I got myself some new. I had the New York equivalent of your Arizona day. I got some some street meat. Some halal cart food for lunch. It was a dream. I picked up the New York Post baseball preview, read through that. Not that I needed to learn anything, but just felt good. Watched the Yanks. 
Watched the Mets immediately after. Went to a local brewery. Got a baseball-themed beer. A four-pack. Brought it back. Watched the Dodgers late night. Watched, I watched Otani and the A's. Uh, like we sort of laughably predicted. Kyle Muller was pretty good, and he did not win that game. So, shout-out to the A's. But the uh, rest of the series did not go their way. But it was just it was beautiful to have the game on all damn day long. No, absolutely it was. And it just it felt good. It felt like life was right again. And I also got to ask, how was the New York Post baseball preview? Uh, shout out to our guys, John Heyman and Joel Sherman, by the way. Yeah, they did a great job. And and I, I knew I would want the Anthony Volpe opening day edition cover. Uh, there was a big Knicks win the night before, too. So I was like, I'll read about I'll, I'll collect that. Right. I mean, I'm a newspaper collector. I'm a freak. I have a pile of programs next to my desk. I love print. I love print, and uh, the New York Post did a great job with that, as always. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all, but I'm also trying to figure out when the last time is I bought a newspaper. It has been a very long time, so um, yeah, shout out to the internet, I guess. Yeah, we also love the internet. Uh, print is good, internet probably better. And to complete the old man sports writer trifecta, um, I bought a print edition of the Post. I got a baseball-themed beer, and tonight... I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen live at the Barclays Center. So we we checked every single box off the old man list. Yeah, boy. I mean, that's like the ultimate baseball writer thing right there. You're 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 you've always been a baseball writer, Adam, but the fact that you're going to do that, you're officially a baseball writer. So congratulations to you. I'm I'm very proud and well and honored to welcome you into this fraternity. So thank you. Dad. Thank you. I tried to get a ticket in the baseball writers only section, but it was sold out. So I, I got some in the overflow section. Uh, because there were hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> Brooklyn baseball writers attempting to attend. But we're excited. Um, in, uh, in, in your first weekend of watching these games, I think I know your answer, because I think we feel the same way. Did you notice the new rules during game action, like, at all? Because it feels like everyone who's talking about them is giving them universal acclaim. And most people don't even notice that they're going on unless you have someone like Rafi Devers striking out on a pitch clock violation. Most of the time you just get to the end of the game. You saved a bunch of wasted time. It feels like the clock gives pitchers the correct amount of time they need to throw a ball. And so truly what you're losing is the gibberish. So I had a great weekend and maybe most importantly, everyone who's talking about it seems to love it. But more importantly, everyone is talking about it. I don't know how you felt. Oh, I I love it. <laughs> and people are definitely talking about it. And I think it is a wonderful game or wonderful, wonderful thing for the game of baseball. Um, it's shortened games. Like it's been meaningfully like shorter, I think a half hour shorter to be exact or like right around there. As you said, it's taken out the, the gibberish and the game just feels smoother and as a baseball writer who's going to be in the press box watching a lot of these games, I'm always down for shorter games because uh, it, it can be a long day when you're just, I mean, it, it sounds like, I don't know, that doesn't sound, uh, I, might, I don't even know what I'm trying to say there, but um, I think it's a wonderful thing for the game of baseball. And it's like the thing that's been really refreshing for me too, is I have family and friends who are watching the first few games too. And they've noticed the, um, the pace has improved. The it just feels like a better version of the game. It feels shorter because it, it is shorter, and they feel more inclined to sit down and watch a game from start to finish because it's not as much of a time investment. Um, 
I'm I love it. I think the players love it too. Um, I think it's here to stay, and I think that's a good thing for the game of baseball. And it's perhaps most importantly, we have not eliminated three-hour games. The Yankees and Giants game on Saturday was back and forth. A lot of pitching changes, a lot of offense. Ended with the bases loaded and one out. 7-5 Giants win. That was a three-hour-plus game. I think it was like three hours 15, and you felt it. I was at the bar watching the Final Four. The game was on. You know, my eyes go to baseball no matter what. Um, but that game, you know, felt like a length that you're maybe more familiar with, but there was so much packed into it. You're not going to get the four, one, three hours and 15 minute games anymore. And I think that's the most important thing. No, thank goodness for that. Cause those are the ones that those are tough. Those are really tough. And it's just like, ugh. or even games that are one, nothing. And they last for three plus hours. It's just like, damn. Um, but now it's, I think I, I'm just I'm just very glad it's a thing. I'm glad that they finally did it because I think there was a little bit of hesitation, at least at the start, at least um, like concerns that maybe it could increase pitcher injuries or, or something along those lines or just kind of mess with the flow of the game and disrupt hitters and pitchers. Just it's it's felt really smooth. It, it that's there's a reason why they implemented it in spring training. So these players and teams could get used to it for six weeks. It felt like teams and players got adjusted relatively quickly and they hit the ground running in, in the regular season. I think it'll only get better from here, too. Yeah, you know you're on the right side of history when the people who are anti-pitch clock sound like this guy. I'm not going to name him. So I don't want to single out random people online, but it's a guy in Jeff Passan's replies today. He's talking about the pitch clock. He claims he's a film critic who's been seen in the New York Times and The Ringer. Okay, he said, baseball is as much about the in-between moments as it is about the action. It's a game of charm. The throws over, the step outs, the spitting, the crotch grabbing. They are as much a part of the game as any play. The crotch grabbing is as much a part of the game as Kirk Gibson's walk-off home run in the World Series? I don't think so. I don't think it is. So that's who you're fighting with here. What? That's my official <laughs> response. Is what? The crotch grabbing, you know. Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, the crotch grabbing. These are the tentpole images of baseball. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I I don't even know what to say to that. What, what I, I hope Jeff blocked that guy. I may have to go find that green block this person. Because, like, what the absolute frick? <laughs> I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you afterwards. I don't know what was going on here. But we are very much in favor. Uh, so far, wow. so very good. And, and uh, sorry for that guy. No, you should be. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm sorry that that blew my mind. There, there's been some weird takes, but that 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 that's a very weird one. That, yeah, what the what the heck, man? Let's move from the weird back into the normal. Before we go, just a couple extension updates to go through. After our last episode, the Padres did it again. No, not Juan Soto, but Jake Cronenworth has been extended by the San Diego Padres. That's a lengthy commitment for someone who I think people were looking around at the Padres depth chart um, this offseason and saying, can we get Jake Cronenworth? Can we get Kim? Uh, no, you can't get Jake Cronenworth because he's going to be there for seven more years. Uh, just another piece of A.J. Preller long-term wizardry. Uh, what are you thinking about their long-term infield picture as a result? Does anybody get squeezed out? And is Kim maybe still on the table for the taking? I have many thoughts after the Jake Cronenworth extension. Uh, I'm not surprised by it at all. It sounded like early in spring 
that it was a possibility that the Padres would try to approach Cronenworth about doing a deal. Um, and the comparison that I heard going into it was Ryan McMahon with his extension with the Rockies. Um, I think his extension was six years and Cronenworth was ultimately seven years. Um, but it locks up Cronenworth long-term and it pairs him with Fernando Tatis, with Xander Bogarts, with Manny Machado, with others on that Padres roster. So they have a long-term foundation there, but they also have a lot of infielders um, in the mix that they're going to have to sort through as well. They have Hassan Kim, uh, who's on the major league roster now, but they also have Jackson Merrill, who is a mega prospect in the minors who looks every bit the part of a stud. Um, and I, if I had to guess, the Padres have been very aggressive in dealing their top prospects in recent years. I think they're going to be inclined to hold on to Merrill. I could be wrong, but he seems like the kind of guy that they should hold on to. And then when that bridge eventually comes, they need or they should look to move on from Hassan Kim. Um, the beauty for this for the Padres now is that um, Merrill is not close to ready to the major leagues quite yet. Uh, we still have at least a year for that to happen, so like they don't have to rush a decision. Um but that's going to be a really interesting one for the Padres because uh, I think there would be a decent amount of interest in Kim. I know if Merrill was ever made available, they could probably get an absolute haul in return, uh, like a headlining major leaguer. Um, but I, I still think they should they should keep Merrill and then when that time comes, move on from Kim. But as I said, we're a ways away from that. The Padres got themselves a really good thing, though. I think that is abundantly clear. And A.J. Preller and, and Peter Seidler – keep spending i love it yeah salute to you folks you you know uh you get it you cracked the code you figured it out uh now we wait for next off season when we see if you can work up enough money to get into the show Otani bidding spoiler alert you probably will um and uh one last update because i know things went sort of down to the wire on opening day then we heard some chatter in the opening day aftermath about maybe the deadline wasn't so hard. There's one sticking point left. Where are we on the fabled Brian Reynolds contract extension updates uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates? This has been a, a very interesting one, to say the least. And the Pirates and Reynolds were close on an extension. There was some reports that said the money was like agreed to. I don't necessarily know that as a fact, but I do know that they were close. And when I was teasing in the last episode that I had a scoop in the works, that was it. I thought it was happening. And lo and behold, the opt-out clause in the contract was what prevented a deal from ultimately happening by the opening day deadline. Um, Reynolds requested one um, reportedly for the fourth year, and the Pirates said no. Um, the Pirates have never done an opt-out clause in their contracts. And they did not want to do that for Reynolds, especially since he's under contract for three more seasons without this extension. And then if they ended up doing the extension, having the opt-out after year four, they would just basically be adding another year to the contract. Um, and right now, these two sides are basically in a stare-off. I don't think there's been much, if any, conversations in the last couple of days. Um, and I ultimately think the Pirates need to do the right thing. They need to include this opt-out clause, whether it's after year four or whether it's after year five. Uh, Reynolds is a key part of that team. He is their best player. Um, eight years for $106 million is a relative, like, that's a good deal. 
Um, it's he's come down pretty significantly from what he was originally asking. Um, so he's definitely had to take away from what he would earn. Um, and the Pirates should do the right thing and add the opt out clause to him and just close this deal. Uh, they should do it, in my opinion, sooner rather than later. They should do it before their home opener, which is later this week. Because can you imagine the buzz that it would add um, to that home opener at PNC Park? Like that would give the fans a real strong reason to be excited. They did it last year with Key Brian Hayes. Should do it again here with Brian Reynolds. Don't fumble the bag. Don't. Like, I saw an analogy uh, on fan sided recently too, calling it basically what the Seahawks did. And you need you're at the two yard line. Hand it to Marshawn Lynch. Don't throw it. Don't try to get cute. Hand it off to Marshawn Lynch. Get the sure thing. Get the deal done. Ensure your best player is going to be in Pittsburgh for a long time because that's going to be further incentive for guys like O'Neal Cruz to sign. Um, long term, it's going to be reason for free agents to come to Pittsburgh. Um, get the deal done. This is not hard. Ben Sherrington, Pirates front office, Bob Nutting, if you're watching this, give him the opt-out clause. Get the deal done. Let's just let's let's get this over with. This is the time of year for unbridled optimism, even if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates. So do not shoot yourselves in the foot this early and ruin that optimism when you've got the ball at the one yard line. Like you said, opt out, opt out clause. You've already gotten this potential six war player down all the way on the sliding scale on the money. And all you have to discuss is this clause, a clause. Come on, come on, guys, shake your hands. Yeah, shake your hands, get this deal done, get Brian Reynolds in Pittsburgh for all the next eight years. This is not hard. This is not hard at all. Like, it's frustrating it's gotten to this level because um, the deal should be done already, and they should have had the press conference announcing this deal already too. Yes, friend of the pod, Bob Nutting, Mark Powell. Bob, invites open. Um, come on and play categories anytime you want to. We'll we'll get this done. We'll, we'll give you advice. Like if you have an extension like this sitting in your lap, tap it on the head, finish it off, sign the paper. We just we just move on and everybody enjoy enjoy some pierogies. Like it's it's really not that hard. No, it's not that hard at all. And I'm I'm hoping they eventually come to their senses and and get this deal done. And like and here's another part of this that I don't understand too is Reynolds was clearly frustrated with how the last con contract conversations are going and he requested a trade. Why further risk pissing your best player off over a opt-out clause? Um, it's not worth it in the long haul. It sets a really bad precedent, in my opinion, and it just makes him look bad. Um, get, get this deal done. I can't say it strong enough. I can't say it enough. Get it done. Get Reynolds in Pittsburgh. Uh, for the next eight years, just give them the opt-out. It's, it's not that hard. And with that, we are opting out of the current live stream, but don't worry, it's just a clause. We will be right back on Thursday, opting in once again. 3.30 Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays, talk ball, talk rumors, sum it all up, get you acquainted with uh, the current picture and uh, where everybody stands. Uh, everybody seemed opening day ready, Robert Murray, uh, everybody, all the viewers, uh, the listeners, the subscribers, if you're not subscribed yet, please hit that button. If you want to like this video in particular, that can help too. Uh, pitchers, hitters, all up to speed. I feel like everybody's locked in for opening day, except for the umpires. CB Buckner added 2.49 runs for the Texas Rangers Saturday against the Phillies. 
2.49. That's insane. But other than that, we are all very opening day ready, and I've enjoyed sharing it with you, my man. I always enjoy sharing it with you, too. I'm, I'm glad um, you are better than C.B. Buckner. Um, so thank you for that, Adam. Uh, you're wonderful, as always. I appreciate you. See you, what, Thursday? Same time? See you Thursday. Same time, wow, same place. Cool. And, and I'll be one Bruce Springsteen concert more experienced. So I'll be able to share the wisdom. Although, honestly, the concert starts in three hours. So I actually might not be free by Thursday at 3.30. It might be a 72-hour affair. I don't know. I wouldn't rule anything out um, and say hi to all the baseball writers that you see there. Um, Cause Lord <laughs> knows there's going to be plenty of them. Um, but I, I will admit, and this could probably get me canceled. I'm one of the very few baseball writers who is not a Bruce Springsteen fan. So uh, take with that what you will. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Taylor Swift and Jackpots guy. That's, that's basically what I can say. And I, by the way, Adam, I went to a Jackpots mm-hmm. concert the other week. Turns out I'm his number one listener in the entire world. So um, I have that going for me. So shout out to Jack Potts. Hopefully I get to go to a Packer game with him. Um, he's a, it turns out he's from Australia and he's a Packer fan. So, um, wow, obviously a burner agreeing with one of my takes. It's got to be the upset of the year. Um, so shout out to obviously a burner. Um, what an absolute G. Um, wow, that's I'm 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 not gonna argue with that. I think that's a good take by obviously a burner. So what the heck? We've we're two for two today. I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse. Obviously a burner, but um, yeah, good good takes by you. Damn, I've I've seen them both. I like Billy. I like Bruce. I like them both. I I've never seen Jack Bots and just did a quick Google. Um, I'm gonna try to become his number two listener by the next time that we get together because uh, I got I got some work to do. Yes, you do, uh, and you will thank me for it. So. Um, yeah, he's got a concert coming up in Chicago in October. So if you want to go, holla at your boy. Let's make it happen. Hell yeah. I'll book it uh, as soon as I listen. Uh, but that's uh, that's it for this edition of the show. Um, it's great to be here with all you. Lively chat. Again, 3.30 Eastern. Hit that subscribe button. You'll find us first. If you're an audio first person, you're in luck because it goes right up on the audio feed on all podcast platforms until Thursday when we'll see if the Pittsburgh Pirates can indeed sweep the Boston Red Sox for our friend Bobo Dangan. Who knows? Maybe. You never know. I'm Adam Weiner and fan is MLB insider Robert Murray. Appreciate you as always, my man. I appreciate you too. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We, we appreciate it more than you know. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.